Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Logan's Logic. Today is an episode I'm really excited about because it's one that like I hoped one day I'd be able to do, but it was never like an idea I had because I've been lucky enough that all literally all of the podcast episodes that I've made so far have been ideas that I wrote before I even started my podcast. Like I really like when I got the idea to start this podcast, I really was like, okay, but I'm not allowed to start until I had really know that I have a lot of ideas. So all of the podcast episodes I've made so far have been ideas that I've had written down for literal months, months at this point, and also probably like a couple months before I even started my podcast. So I'm really excited for today because it's something that I didn't necessarily know that I would be able to get to do, but today I'm doing a Q&A episode, which is really exciting because these questions are really good. They're really, really good. I got some questions from just random people. I got some questions from my best friend, of course. My mom, my beautiful little mother, even gave me a question, which I thought was so sweet, but they're all really great questions. And like, for a minute there, I was like, okay, but I'm just going to have to have my best friend ask me all the questions. But I got questions from other people, so we're good. I was pleasantly surprised. So I have 14 questions, and my best friend actually gave me a really great idea that from now on, every episode, I should either open it up or close it with answering like one question. So, you know, I put a question box up on my Instagram and obviously that's how I got my questions. She said to me, she was like, you know, why don't you put a question box up every time you're about to film an episode and then answer just one question in the beginning or the end of your episode. So I also think that going forward, that's something I want to do because it just sounds really fun and cute. And I always, always, always feel like there's more that I want to say in the beginning of this podcast. One of my favorite podcasts ever is Prologues by Mary Skinner. And she always does this thing called Culture Club. And it's basically like in the beginning of every podcast episode before she really gets to the topic, she just kind of shares like her favorite books from that week or like a new book she read or a new show she's watching or a movie or even like an influencer or a podcast or even like a drink that she likes or like food or clothes or something like she just shares something and she calls it Culture Club. And I think it's the best idea ever and I was like damn like I wish I would have thought of that but I always say like wow like I really want to think of something to do in the beginning of my episodes like that so from now on I think that I'm gonna answer a question in the beginning of every episode so on perfect topic of talking about how I wouldn't really let myself start this podcast until I had many ideas written down the first question that I got is how did I get my podcast started and Basically, there's kind of like two answers to this. There's like the like technical side of like, how did I actually like start up the podcast? Like, what did I do? What did I use? But then there's also like the like psychological side of it that was like, how did I get to the point where I was like, okay, I want to make a podcast. So I'm going to answer it from both sides of the spectrum because that's just the best answer I can give. So I think like from like, what was going on in my brain. I really, last year, got into Emma Chamberlain's podcast called Anything Goes, and I've always loved Emma Chamberlain. And I knew she had a podcast, but I just wasn't really a big podcast girl, like, for a very long time. And then I started listening to her podcast, and I really liked it, and I really enjoyed the type of things that she was talking about and the kind of, like, laid-back format. And, like, she even 
not that long ago started releasing her podcast in video form too and she's literally just always chilling with like a coffee in hand like on her couch with a blanket on and like sweats and I just loved and appreciated that so much but also it wasn't just like aesthetically cute it was also just like I loved the things that she was talking about and I found that as I kept listening to it I'd be listening to her podcast and I'd be like answering in my head or like I would she would be talking about something in my head I'd add on to the sentence and then she'd say that or something whatever and it was like oh that's cute like this is why I love Emma Chamberlain like she gets it ha 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 whatever and then it just kept happening and I was like I would love to have these conversations because if you're in my life you know I like to have conversations about really anything but especially the shit that I'm interested in and so it was like what if I could just have these like 40 minute conversations and like because you know the thing is like when you have people in your life there's certain things that you talk to them about but what happens when it's like you're into a thing that they're not specifically into and that's completely fine but you want to talk about it with someone who cares about it and wants to hear about it and that was just kind of what made me think about it is I just wanted to be able to share these things and use my voice in a way I guess and it was just more so about like yes it would be great if this reached a lot of people but at the same time like I just want to do it even if it's like my friends and family just listening to it like I don't care like I just want to do it because it doesn't matter if they're my friends and family they still give a fuck enough to listen so that's kind of where like my brain was at as far as starting it and then like I said, Mary Skinner, who I've been following her online for literal years, like since quarantine is when I found her. And she kind of stopped posting on her other social platforms, especially TikTok. Like that's where she, you know, got her following. And then she released her podcast. And at that point, I was already really thinking about it. And then when she did that, it like just really gave me the push I needed. And I was like, okay, I could totally do this. Like this, like I have to do this. I know it's going to make me happy. And I spent a really fucking long time making the logo. I literally have probably seen at this point every single font of letters to ever exist in the universe. And even then, I still wasn't satisfied. I just recently changed my logo because just the first one just felt very, like, modern. And I'm just not really a modern girly. And it it was very cute, like, not to say anything bad, but I just feel like as my podcast has gone on, I wanted to put more of my own personality into my logo because at first I was just like, okay, like I'm just going to put out an episode and then like, I don't know from there if I'm going to do more. But now that I'm actually in this, I was like, let me put some more thought and care into my little logo. So that's really how I got my podcast started from like what was going on in my brain. But as far as what I actually did, since obviously, you know, my podcast is on Spotify, I do pretty much everything through Spotify for podcasters. It's a website, it's an app, basically go on the website, you create an account, you upload your podcast there. And I literally, I wish that I could say I did some fancy shit to like edit my audio and whatever. I'm recording this on voice memos. As we speak, my MacBook is open, my microphone is plugged into it, and I'm recording this on the Voice Memos app in my MacBook. And you know what? It's good enough for me. Like, really, like, you could also edit stuff on there. I usually don't mess with, like, the sound of my microphone because this microphone is literally from Amazon. It's only 30 bucks, and it's such a good microphone that if 
The thing about recording my podcast that could sometimes be very annoying is literally if there's a dog barking all the way down the street, you will hear it clear as day through this microphone. So it's a great microphone, which is a blessing and a curse. So I really don't mess with my audio sound as much, but there are certain things that I have to cut or I have to change or like if I mess up and I say the wrong thing backwards, whatever, like I'll I'll stop the recording and then I'll continue again. And then obviously when I'm done recording the entirety of the podcast, I have to go back and cut out certain little things. But I literally, like I said, I literally do it on the voice memos app and it's really easy. Like I am not a computer girly. That's why I'm dating a computer guy because I'm not a computer girly. And even then, like he offers to help me and I'm like, no, I need to do it on my own because it really like it's not bad. It definitely took me a minute, even in the beginning, making my logo like it definitely, you know, it's a learning curve if that's not something you're used to. But it's been easy enough that I haven't been like, dude, I literally can't do this. Like I give up. But that's also, you know, With that being said, it would probably be a lot easier to do, one, if you're just better at techie shit than I am, and two, if you're not as stubborn as I am and you'll actually ask someone, probably won't take you as long, but I mean, as far as, like, really getting the hang of doing my logo stuff, that only took me a few days, and as far as, like, the editing went, that really initially only took me, like, a day, but, like, one very long day, um... And then as far as like editing the audio, like I'm still learning, like I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm a podcast master, like I'm really still learning. So those are basically the two things that went into me starting my podcast and how I got it started is, you know, having so many ideas and being inspired by other podcasts and creators that I loved. And also Spotify for podcasters, like I said, that's what I do everything through. You just upload your podcast on there. And yeah, you just literally import the, in my case, the fucking voice memo, which there are so many better things that you could record on than voice memos. Like I know that there's fancy shit, but you know what? It's been working for me so far and I'll keep doing it until the day it stops working. (laughs) I really, really thought when I got the idea that I was going to have to spend like so much money on all this stuff. And I'm literally not exaggerating at all when I say that I have literally only spent $30 to start this podcast. I spent $30 on my microphone and that was literally it. Obviously, you need a computer if you don't have one, but most people do. So if you do, then literally all you have to do is buy a microphone and it could be from Amazon because that's what mine is. So the next question was tied into this question. So I kind of partly answered it already, but the next question is where did I get the idea to start my podcast? Which like I said, It really just stemmed from getting into podcasts on my own. Like I had never, literally never, I cannot recall a time where I've ever, even for a split second, been like, I could have a podcast. And then I started listening to Emma Chamberlain's podcast. And I kept saying like as a passing thought to myself, like, damn, like I could totally do this. Like that would be so good for me. But I never was like, when I say that it was a passing thought, I mean, it was just like a thought. Like it's just one of those things like... It's like when you hit a high note in the car and you're like, wow, I could be Beyonce. Like, you don't mean it. You're just like, say, like, it's whatever, haha. Like, it's not really a serious thing. And then as time went on and I kept like finishing her sentences or like responding in my head or like feeling inspired, I'd be like, hmm, maybe I could really do this. But again, it wasn't like a serious consideration yet. And then at a certain point, I was like, okay just for shits and giggles, let me, 
every time I have an idea about a podcast, whether it stems from listening to another podcast or it just pops in my head, let me write it down literally just in my notes app in my phone and just see how many I could even come up with. And I just remember for like, I don't know, like maybe like a week straight, literally every day, multiple times a day, I was pulling out my phone and writing things down and I just like could not stop thinking of ideas. I was like, okay, but maybe these are like and I knew they weren't too niche, but I still was just trying to like talk myself out of it, I guess. And I was like, maybe they're too niche. And I would tell the people in my life, like, these are the things that like I'm thinking about asking. Everybody would be like, wow, like, holy shit. Like, where do you think of these things? Like, that's really good, whatever. And I was like, really? So like, like I said, the idea stemmed really from getting into podcasts of my own that I enjoyed like in my free time and feeling inspired from there. And then I feel like the final push that I got was when, like I said, Mary Skinner released her prologues podcast for the first time. And I was like, okay, now I really have to do it. And I feel like the only thing, like I said, I had all the ideas, but the only thing that was stopping me was what the fuck am I going to name it? I thought of so many names that were not, some of them were just really bad, but then some of them like weren't bad, but they just didn't click right and then I remember one day like it it had been like a while of coming up with names I started coming up with names for my podcast because I see the date on my notes app on my phone that I have pulled up I started officially coming up with names for my podcast on June 23rd 2023 and it took me quite a while I remember like it the at one point I was thinking about naming it literally just naming it like borderline dot 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 anything (laughs) because I have borderline personality disorder I thought about live from my bed I thought about the trauma dump um basically what I'm trying to say is like and they're not terrible names they're they're definitely not like if I would probably listen to some of those if they had that name but it just wasn't clicking Like, it just has to click. It's like when you're picking out a pet and you're like, that kitten is extremely, extremely cute. It's adorable. There's nothing wrong with it. But this one over here is the one that's like calling to my soul. Like, I just, I, you know. So then one day, I just remember literally sitting in my bed and like, I was, my friend at the time said to me, she was like, why don't you have something like with your name in the title? And I was like, that's not going to work. Like my, like the thing about having the name Logan, which I adore my name, but the thing about my name is there's no nickname possibilities there. And it's just not an easy name to like put into things. And I was like, I mean, yeah, I guess that would be cool, but it's like, I couldn't think of anything. And like, none of us could think of anything. And one day I was sitting in my bed. I don't know what I was doing. I think I was just on my phone. And all of a sudden, I literally, it was like an out-of-body moment. I like sat up in my bed and I was like, Logan's Logic. And it like all of a sudden, I called everybody that I knew and I was like, what do you think about Logan's Logic? And they were all like, that's the one. Like, that's the one. And like the person that I was going back and forth with about names and she was like, oh, you should have your name in it. I called her right that second and I was like, Logan's Logic. Like, that's literally all I said was Logan's Logic. And she was like, that's the one. And I was like, I know. So the ideas came from being inspired by other podcasts and also just my own brain because of how hectic it is most of the time. The next question is, how do I realize that one day doesn't mean all my progress is ruined? And this is a really great question for me, I feel like, because I have had so much experience having borderline personality disorder. You 
a lot of the time. Maybe not for everyone, but at least for me. Well, no. Maybe everyone with borderline personality disorder hasn't had this exact experience, but one of the main symptoms of borderline personality disorder is no emotional permeance, which means like none of your emotions are ever permanent. They ebb and flow very quickly within a matter of minutes. Um, so it's very, as a borderline person, it's very, very, very easy to have one bad day after maybe a week or two of feeling a little better treating yourself a little better, taking care of yourself a little better. And then that one bad day sends you into a spiral of like all of that progress that I just made is ruined. Like I was just feeling so good for a couple of weeks and now I just feel like terrible and why would I even try anymore because now all of it's ruined. And I struggled with that feeling for so many years and it was just really difficult for me to feel stable in any way and I feel like with age it did get I mean not better this what I'm about to say still is not a good healthy thing to be feeling but it got a little better in the sense that as a younger kid when I first started really exhibiting symptoms of borderline personality disorder but again like at the time I didn't even know that was a thing but I had a really hard time with like even if I just felt normal like I wasn't at that point I was not self-aware enough to be like oh well right now I'm doing good like it was just kind of like my resting state but then I'd have a bad day in a really depressive episode for a few hours and I'd be like this is so terrible I'm so depressed I'm so suicidal and then the next day I'd wake up and I'd be like fine and I'd be like, that was embarrassing. <laughs> that was really embarrassing of me. Like, why would I do that? Why Why would I? Like, I'd literally, like, 12-year-old me would be sitting there, like, posting on my Snapchat story, like, I probably won't be on Snap for a few days, guys. Like, I was really going through a hard time. And then I'd wake up the next morning and show up at school, like, bright and early, completely fine with a smile. And everybody would be like, are you okay? And I'd be like, yeah, why? And I, <laughs> obviously, that is not a good thing. But as I got older... It did not get necessarily better. It, it got worse, but the span of how long I would be recognizing that I was doing, I don't want to say good because it wasn't good. It was kind of like surface level good, distraction good, um, but I would be more self-aware of it and it would last a little longer. So as I got older, it felt like every like four five or six months, usually six at the max, I would be like... I would fall right back into the depression because I wasn't actually happy. I was just surface level happy and distracting myself and thinking that that meant I was happy. So eventually I just fall back into that depressive cycle. And that went on for a long time until I hit my rock bottom. And I just like remember thinking to myself, like there has to be another way to do this. Like there has to be a way to get happy where like even on days, like you can't be happy every day, but even on days that you're not necessarily happy, you're not like wanting to die and hating everything and it took many years to get to that point of being like yo this isn't cool I can't live like this anymore but eventually it did get to that point and I do accredit a lot of it to great therapy and great mood stabilizers because those two things have changed my life and probably saved my life and so I do accredit a lot of my now 
more than used to be emotional permeance because I still have BPD. I still very much have the same symptoms and struggles, but just at a much lesser and more manageable level. So do I still struggle with emotional permeance? Sometimes, but not every, it's not every single day I'm waking up being like, hmm, which Logan am I going to get today? Because I lived like that for years. And so, like I said, I do accredit a lot of that to medication and therapy, but something that I feel like on my own, I have realized is that I don't let myself be like, oh my gosh, I'm just doing so good and I just feel so much better, blah, 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 because I find a lot of the time that if someone with BPD is going through a rough time and then for like a couple of weeks, they're like, I feel so good and I feel whatever, like, it never lasts like that. Like, you can't be so, I know this is going to sound kind of morbid, but you can't be so hopeful with it in the sense that you can't be like, well, I'm doing good and I'm doing great and whatever, and this is great. And, and oh my God, I must be making so much, so much progress and whatever, because progress takes a lot of time. And it doesn't just happen within a few weeks like that. You might start to feel better in a few weeks, but you're not like automatically cured in a few weeks. So I feel like the main thing that I realized is like, I don't, put as much pressure on myself now to like be happy be good be happy be good like because it isn't like that like I've said before like I had a really really rough month um really through like September and a bit of October with my anxiety like I experienced my anxiety like I haven't since I was a child but like tenfold and it was just horrible my medications were messed up it it was just really messed up but even during that time I was able to be like okay, am I stuck like this? And of course, that was my first thought because like I said, I still have BPD and my hormones were imbalanced. My mood stabilizers weren't being absorbed from my body the way that they were supposed to be. So I was extremely unhappy. But once I got past like that first day was hell. And once I got past the first couple of days, I was like, okay, here's the thing. This really fucking sucks, but I really love life. So we're going to have to figure this out because I really love my life and I really love the way that I feel. And like, just because I'm going through this rough time right now doesn't mean that when it's over, I have to start from scratch because the thing about making so much progress over so much time, like I have been lucky enough to do, is that I could never go back to the way that I was and start from scratch because I'm not that person anymore. And that's not to say that I couldn't fall into a bad place, but I simply feel such a disconnect from the girl that I was when I first was like, I can't live like this anymore and the girl that I am now. And that's not just because of medication and therapy and having BPD, you know, as you grow, especially in your young adult years, like, your brain is still forming, you're a young adult, like that you change no matter who you are. But especially for a BPD person, we tend to change very rapidly. And I just, it's really just such an emotional disconnect that I have. And part of it is because I simply have grown. But the other part of it is I've put it in my head that like, I am not that girl anymore, because I know I'm not. And it's like, even if I fall into a rough time, I now know how to handle it as the girl that I am today, not that girl who did not know what she was doing. 
and just learning how to like take care of yourself and what makes you feel good and like being like okay I basically treat for me I basically treat a bad day as like a sick day what would you do if you were sick like you'd make soup and you'd watch comfort movies and you'd drink tea and you'd take a bath and you'd chill in bed like I just try to give my body rest as if I had a cold Obviously, it's different for everyone, but I just feel like those are the few things that over time I have noticed that I have turned to when I'm having a bad day and the things that I remind myself when I'm having a bad day that I feel like have really helped me along with, obviously, my medication and therapy. So this is kind of a two-part question, so I'm going to answer them kind of one by one. But the next question is, what is my daily routine since working on myself and how did I learn what makes me feel good versus not good? So first I'm going to talk about what is my daily routine since working on myself. And the thing is, I don't have one. And that's not for everyone. Some people thrive off of a strict routine. And I'm definitely a more like routine person. Like I don't, I'm not necessarily a spontaneous person. Like sometimes I can be, but I'm not in the sense that it's like, it's 10 p.m. want to go out and do this like I'll only say yes if I'm in the right mood and it's with the right people and that's still very rare so I have found though despite all of that that because of I've I've chalked it up to three things and that's one my raging ADHD two my raging procrastination and three my raging stubbornness and I feel like all of those things combined really make a strict routine they just make me unhappy because the thing is anytime that I've ever tried to make a routine for myself after I've started getting better I've always never followed through with it or followed through with it for a couple of days and then I just feel like shit about myself and I beat myself up for it because I think that the internet nowadays especially and like influencers and health girlies and whatever like they put a very idealized picture in our heads of what a healthy daily routine looks like and the matter of the fact is for some people having a strict daily routine like that isn't healthy and I am one of those people with that being said there are things that I do every day that do help me but I don't necessarily have a strict routine so like I said like there's certain things that I do throughout the day every single day without fail and they're like my little moments and my little things for the day that are just for me but anytime I've been like I get up at this time every single day I get up at this time every single day and I eat this time blah blah like no it's just not true because how can you like no day is the same some days pretty much every day I wake up at like 7 7 30 and some days when I wake up I'm ready to get right out of bed and shower and get the day started and that's great and that by 9 a.m I'm ready for the day and then some days I don't want to get out of bed until 9 p.m and then I'm not ready for the day until like maybe 11 because then like I take my time while I get ready. It just kind of depends on the day and I feel like putting so much pressure on yourself to have this routine isn't going to make you feel better because all you're going to do is not be able to stick to it which is completely valid and then beat yourself up for it. And with that being said that's not for everyone. Some people thrive off of that. Some people need that and if that's for you it's fine but for a lot of people it just isn't. So that kind of ties into the next question, like I said, which was the second part to this question, which is, what, how did I learn what makes me feel good versus not good? And this, again, like I really, you know, obviously, like I just said, a strict routine 
is what makes me feel not good but also I feel not good if I'm not doing certain little things throughout the day for myself so the little things that I do that I consider you know are the things that I learned that have made me feel good is I love I try pretty much every day to play guitar even if it's not well even if I'm just like literally even if I'm just like repeating something that I already know like it, it just makes me happy I don't know like some people have to be learning a new song all the time every single time they pick up their guitar and that's completely fine like if that's what makes you feel good that's what makes you feel good and a lot of the times I do like do that because it makes me feel very accomplished but there's some days where I literally will lay in my bed and turn on my show and just like play my guitar over and over like a song that I don't that I already know and I'm also lucky enough that like I also have an electric guitar so if you do have an electric guitar this is also good for like if you want to practice your strumming literally one of the best things that you could do is just sit down turn on your show and strum because with the electric guitar if it's not plugged into an amp there's very little noise coming out of it obviously with an acoustic that's a bit different but you could always just put your hand over all the strings and just kind of mute them a bit but the point is I like to do that a lot I love to have my designated time at night so every night I'll call my boyfriend but before I call him I make it a point to have some time in my bed alone just scrolling through my phone watching a show usually I scroll my number one thing that I found is like a reoccurring thing with me is my favorite like one of my favorite parts of the day that I always look forward to is I get in bed at night before I call my boyfriend and I scroll through TikTok but I specifically I don't just scroll through TikTok I just scroll through my favorite stand-up comedians accounts like I just love it I just love to like it's just like nice to end your day like that just like giggling at dumb little TikToks like I don't know I just it's something that I really like. Sometimes I'll watch like a stand-up comedy special, but that leads me into another thing of something that I really love to do is draw. I love making little arts and crafts for my boyfriend. I just, it's so much fun, but it doesn't have to be for your partner. It could be for anyone in your life or it could just be for yourself. Like you could make decorations out of like paper and markers like literally and like cutting them up and folding them into fancy shapes. There's this girl that I follow on TikTok who posts every day this like and they're all different little things that you could just make with literal paper and scissors and like glue and markers. And I love her account so much. It just makes me so happy. So not every single day, but I feel like more days than not, especially as of recently, I love to at the end of the day, just sit in bed and like draw whether it's for me or someone else or anything. And I'll usually in that case, I'll usually put on like a comfort show or a comfort movie or a stand-up comedy special it's always one of those three revolving things so like for example today when I finish recording this podcast I'm about to sit in my bed make a cute little thing for my boyfriend while I watch one of my favorite movies in the entire world and one of my comfort movies call me by your name which if you know that movie you might be like why is that your comfort movie it's gut-wrenching and that's kind of why I've just watched it a million times so it's like that's what I'm gonna do today and I'm looking forward to it like it's just little things throughout the day that make me feel good um more days than not I like to get myself a little treat whether it's a coffee it's usually pretty much always a coffee but I just always like to give myself a cute little treat even if it's something I make at home like I just like a cute little treat and I don't just mean like chocolate or candy just like a cute little treat I don't know usually it's like drinks I feel like I'm a big drink girly but at the same time I really never finish them the way that I do so it's usually like coffee or tea or like maybe even hot chocolate or like 
popcorn or something. I don't know. Just a cute little like treat. It just makes me feel accomplished because I feel like I deserve it. Another thing that I feel like I do more days than not, obviously not every single day, is even if I'm just staying home, I like to put real clothes on. And this is not to say that you should be dressing up. Like right now, I am in a really, really comfortable shirt and I'm wearing jeans, but they're super baggy and huge on me. So they're not like, they literally feel like sweatpants. Like they don't dig into your stomach. They don't like, they're literally sweatpants, but it's like, it just makes me feel better. But again, you best believe that when I'm recording my podcast, when I'm on my period, I'm laying in bed with a heating pad on my stomach, Christmas pajama pants on, a big hoodie with my blankets wrapped up around me. Like that is not always the case. Cause like I said, that's what I hate about having a daily routine is how are you supposed to have a daily routine if every day is different? And something else that I found that makes me feel good, but not good if I do it in a certain way is I love, 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 love walking outside on a trail. It just makes me so happy. I put my little noise canceling headphones on. I hold my keys in between my fingers because I love being a woman. I, it's just really fun for me. I love it. I love like the fresh air. It just looks so pretty every time of year, whatever. Obviously now it's getting a bit too cold for me to do that, which is very sad, but I still like been in the mood too recently. So I might just bundle up and deal with it. But I have found that when I have in my life, like put the pressure on myself to like like recently in my life obviously since I've gotten better anytime that I go for a walk and I'm like that was so great now for every single day I'm gonna wake up at this time and then be on my walk by this time like that has never worked and it just makes me unmotivated to do it and it takes it sucks all the enjoyment out of it whereas now it's just like if I wake up one day in the mood to go on a walk, then I go on a walk. Sometimes at night I'll go to sleep being like, I think I want to go for a walk tomorrow. And then I wake up not feeling it anymore. So I don't. It's just like, I just listen to my body instead of pushing myself to do something I don't want to do because I'm the type of person where if you push me in one direction, I'm going to push back 10 times harder. And that doesn't just mean another person pushing me. That just means me pushing a certain idealistic routine onto myself. Now, the next question is a question that I love. And it's definitely a question for the girlies. And I love, love, love this question. This question is, what are my all-time favorite makeup products? And let me tell you, I have some shit to say about this question. <laughs> the thing is, I'm not an expensive makeup girly. I just, I, it's not that I don't want to be. It's just that it's like, it feels like I always have something better to spend my money on than fancy makeup stuff. Um, I'm just, I'm a drugstore girl at heart. Like, that's just who I am. But what I love, a brand that I love in general is e.l.f. because they're always making dupes of stuff that's so cheap. Like, they literally just released these lip liners the other day. And I think they're only like $2 each or $6 maybe. I think, no, I think $2, like, which is just insane because if you try to buy a lip liner from like, I don't know, fucking Urban Decay, it's going to be like, 30 bucks, which is insane. So love e.l.f. in general. But the first thing that comes to mind when I think of something that I can't live without, like I feel like a lot of my makeup that I do is very replaceable. Like I'd be willing to try something new. I've been liking the e.l.f. concealer. I think it's the camo one, but I always get the hydrating one because I feel like that other one, I don't remember what it's called, but it's the one that I got the first time. It's the other version of the camo concealer. It was just so hard to blend and it dried down so fast. So I get the hydrating one, which I've been liking and I've been using for a while, but at the same time, I feel like I could do better. So I'm not going to say that's my all-time favorite. 
but I feel like when I think of my all-time favorites that I could not live without, I definitely think of, first of all, the e.l.f. felt tip eyeliner is the best eyeliner I've ever tried. It's so good. It's pigmented. Like, it's not like you have to go over it a million times. Like, it's black. And it just, like, it's just very easy to use. Like, I don't know. I love, love, love that eyeliner. And also, that's the only eyeliner that has ever stayed on my inner corners or my waterline because I'm a watery eye girly and I have blue eyes and blue eyes are the most sensitive eyes. So, like, literally, if I go out one day, whether it's sunny or even if it's cloudy, if there's so many clouds in the sky that it's, like, white, my eyes water, especially in the winter, like, when it's cold. I'm, like, I'm just a watery eye girl no matter the time of the year, no matter the weather, unless it's like dark and pouring rain. So that eyeliner is the only thing that's ever held through my tears. <laughs> and another, the two other things that are my all-time favorite, because like I said, a lot of it's like replaceable. So the e.l.f. felt tip eyeliner. And then the two other things that I will never, ever switch out of my makeup routine no matter how old I get no matter what I do I will never switch these out of my makeup routine I've been using them for over a year now like I said a lot of my makeup is replaceable I've replaced a lot of my makeup in the past year and a half except these two things and that is first of all the brow pen from Glossier and second of all the NYX brow glue now these two things are amazing for me because I have had some trouble with my eyebrows okay I've never I have good eyebrows naturally but I've just never been a brow girly in the mean that I've never really known how to do them successfully and then I found this and it has literally changed my life I love the brow pen for so many reasons one because since I like the shape of my eyebrows it's literally like if I could swatch it on my hand and show you, I would, but if you just swipe it one time in your hand, it literally makes what looks like an eyebrow hair. So it's like, I'll just add a few more hairs to make it more pigmented and that's it because I've never liked like pomade because it's like, that's for like, if you're like shellacking on new eyebrows and you have to draw them fully and I've just never wanted to do that. I've always liked my eyebrows to look like my eyebrows, just a little more defined and a little darker so that's why I love that and I also love it for this little reason that I have this little birthmark that's like right above my lip and next to my nose and it is visible but it's like it's like kind of lighter brown and orangey so when I don't have any makeup on you could very obviously see it but when I have makeup on you can still see it but it's just sheared out from the foundation the powder obviously so I love to use that little eyebrow pen to just like tap it on there a few times to like pop back out like make the color come out because it's something that I like about myself so it's something that I like to accentuate on my face but if you were into fake freckles I feel like you could totally use it for freckles too but that is the best thing that I've ever used on my eyebrows and I will never go back and then the other thing that I use on my eyebrows the NYX brow glue is just the only eyebrow gel that has ever worked my eyebrow hairs have never stayed up for jack shit. It doesn't matter what I use. It doesn't matter if it's literal soap. Like, you remember the soap eyebrow trends? Like, that didn't even work on me, which I, first of all, I didn't like how it looked on me in general, so I only tried it once, but even then, like, they didn't stay up. So, the only thing that has ever kept my eyebrows in place is the NYX brow glue. I literally put it on once and it stays all day. I usually don't have to touch it up, and if I do have to touch it up, it's literally only one little hair out of place. Like, it just is so amazing and I've seen some people say that like they feel like it gives them like a gray film over their eyebrows. I've never had that problem personally but anybody that 
anybody else that uses it on TikTok that I've ever seen always says that like if you have that problem, if you just like run your finger over it, it goes away. So either way, it's fine. For me, I've never had that problem, but it's like I feel like even if you do, it's still worth it because nothing works like that fucking brow glue, I swear. This next question is really cute. And the next question is, what was the moment I knew I was genuinely in love and with the right person? And this, as much as it's a great question, it's really hard to answer because I never feel like there was one specific moment. I feel like there was multiple over time. I did have that initial feeling when I first started talking to my boyfriend, like, okay, but this, he has to be, like, I just feel like he's the one. And if he's not, what the fuck am I going to do? So I, I did initially have that feeling of like importance and priority of like, this just feels different. And I just like, I need to not mess this up. And so I guess like initially I did know that he was the right person, but at the same time, you can never be super sure. Like I was sure, but with that being said, I didn't really know him that well yet. Like there was still a lot of moments in between and still now, like obviously now at this point in my life, like I do know that he's the right person, obviously that I'm in love with him. But for a while, like for months, the first few months into us dating, like it just felt like he would do something new that would just like reaffirm to me like, okay, yeah. And I said this in my last episode um, that it's just kind of like every time that you think that like you like you're as close with your partner as you could get all of a sudden you feel closer and I felt like that was like obviously very prevalent in the beginning of our relationship and I knew that I loved him for like as long as I can remember knowing him to be honest like I definitely like obviously I feel like there's different levels to love and like you know the way that I loved him then is different than the way that I love him now but that's not to say that it I didn't love him then like I feel like I just always kind of have but I think at the same time there's a difference between being in love with someone and loving them so I can tell you that from the first moment I started talking to him I knew that I just loved him as a person but it definitely obviously actually falling in love with someone there's different levels to it and I don't feel like there was a specific moment that I was like I'm in love with you I feel like there was multiple moments over time but the first thing that I think of is a few days after he asked me to be his girlfriend he told me he loved me first and a couple like a day before that I like he had said something that kind of like hinted to it and in my head I was like should I just say and then I was like no like we've only been dating for a few days which keep in mind we had talked for like I think two months before we started dating so it's not like we had just met but I still was like I'm not gonna say it like I'm not gonna say that and then the net but that night when he had hinted at it I was like okay but I'm gonna say it soon because like I really am in love with him and then the next day he said that he loved me first and I was like literally just like dead like my soul left my body um but like I said like it's really hard to define a specific moment it's just kind of like it just continues that way. So it's like, even though, you know, we've been together for a year and a half now, obviously I know I'm in love with him and obviously I know I'm with the right person, but he still reaffirms that, I feel like. And that's not to say that I didn't already know before, but it's just kind of like, that's that's what should happen with your partner. Like, 
your partner should do something pretty much every day that you're like, damn, I really love them. Like they're really like, I've really met my match here because that's how it should be. So I feel like it's an ongoing thing, but I did know pretty early on that I was, I loved him as a person. I was falling in love with him and that I felt like he was the right person for me. So the next question is, what was the moment I realized it actually does get better and things were falling into place for me? And again, it's really a similar answer to the last question that I don't think there was a specific moment where I like had this awakening and I was like, oh my God, things really do get better. But over time, I was like, okay, I can do this. And I know that I always say this, I'm sorry, I sound like a broken record, but my medication really like saved my life. And I feel like once I started really taking my meds and they kicked in and I continued with therapy, I was just like, I got more and more of the sense that like I could handle bad days or bad times without wanting to die um and once I feel like I got a hold of that I was like okay then maybe like it does get better and I kind of realized you know something that I've realized through getting better is that I feel like a lot of people will be like well it gets better and the universe has a plan for me and you know I do agree with that but I think that it getting better has a lot to do with how you live your life and you know the way that I have continued to live my life contributes to the fact that my life gets better. You know, if I was like, okay, I'm going to take meds and go to therapy, but still live the same lifestyle that I did when I was doing bad, probably wouldn't be getting much better. And so I feel like as much as it's like, yes, it does get better eventually, like it also like that takes a lot of inner work to make it better. It's not just like, well, life will go on and eventually it'll get better. It'll get better if you also put the effort in on your end. And when did I realize things were falling into place for me? I feel like the thing about that is life changes so much and people change so much. So do I feel like, are there still many uncertainties I have about future things in my life going forward? Absolutely. But I think that when I felt like things were falling into place is when I really felt like me. You know, I feel like for the first time in my life, as I was getting better, I was like, I feel like me. Like when I look in the mirror, like I see the girl that I always imagined and hoped I would grow up to be as a kid. Like I see like the cool older girl that like I always wished I would be and like just the way I dress and everything I do. Like it's just like I feel like me. And that felt like things were falling into place because I think things falling into place doesn't have to necessarily mean the things that are going on in your life but more so the things that are going on internally and also like not to be cheesy but also to be cheesy because I love being cheesy like I feel like when I started dating my boyfriend like a few months into our relationship when I at that point had been working on myself for a little bit and just like the combination of being with him and just feeling like myself and getting close again with my lifelong best friend like it just felt like okay this is like this is what is supposed to be happening in my life like I just had a very deep feeling of like contentment of like this just feels right and that's not to say that like everything going on in my life externally is exactly right and it won't be that's just how life works it's inconsistent but like I just felt the feeling of okay but even though life is inconsistent I finally feel consistent in who I am as a human being and I finally am like I know who I am as a human being therefore 
I can get through all the other external stuff that comes along with life. The next question gives me a little bit of an anxiety spiral, but not really, but a little bit. The next question is, where do I see myself in five years? And this is a difficult question because like I said, life ebbs and flows so much and people ebb and flow so much. But I definitely see myself not living in my childhood home anymore, which definitely I will make sure of that. Not because I don't love my mom. I love, love, love my lovely mother and she is amazing and I do love living with her. But I just want to live on my own and that is like I will be living on my own and still seeing my mom very often and talking to her every single day. It's not that I want to be away from her. It's just that I want to like start my life, which my life has started, but it's like I want to start it on my own in my own way. So I know that for a fact that I won't be living in my childhood home, but I really don't know much else. You know, I know that by then, how old will I be in five years? I'll be 22. So by then, I want to be at least working towards a career that I want. Um, I don't know exactly what I want to do yet. I know that I just want to do something creative and that I can use my voice for. I love writing. I always have loved writing. I feel like I'm pretty good at it. I love, again, podcasting. Like if I, if I could do this and obviously if one day, knock on wood, hopefully it's bigger then I maybe even I could have a career out of that. Who knows? But just I know that I want to do something creative and that uses my voice and I have ideas of what that could be, but I don't know for sure yet. But I feel like I've like made peace with that. Like even like I, even though, like I said, I'm a pretty like, I'm not a really go with the flow person. That's one of those things where it's like, there's no point in putting pressure on myself to figure it out because at the end of the day, like it's not my current reality and as long as I have ideas of what I want to do, like that makes me feel better. If I had no idea, then I'd be freaking out. But it's like, I have ideas and options. So just because I don't know exactly what yet, I still know that there are things that I thoroughly enjoy and could enjoy doing for the rest of my life and that I'm good at. <laughs> the next question is, how did I learn my style and wear what makes me me rather than following trends? And this definitely, again, took years. And again, a lot of this is also with getting older. A lot of people experience this, but especially in this day and age with social media and fashion influencers, it's definitely difficult because it feels like everything is a trend, like nail colors, everything. And, you know, I feel like there's a healthy combination of like being able to resonate with a trend without just doing it because it's trendy. You know, there's certain trends, there's certain fashion trends, hair trends, nail trends, makeup trends that I've looked at and been like, oh, like I feel like I'd be interested in trying that. And it's something that I really enjoyed. And now I implement into my day to day life, like even like little makeup techniques that I feel like I like better on myself that I still do. And there's things that I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. There's things that I've tried and just haven't liked. And, you know, I feel like the biggest thing with me is like, I used to feel so pressured to have like a certain aesthetic and the thing about me that makes me me is that I don't just have one aesthetic. There's multiple ways I like to dress. You know, I like to dress a little hippie, but I also like to dress a little like, you know, like dark colors. Like right now, like during the fall, like I've been wearing like black on black a lot every day. Like I've really been giving like Taylor Swift fall is the best way that I could describe it because that's just what I'm liking right now. But also during the summer, I was wearing a lot of bright colors and I'm such a bright colored girly. 
it just kind of depends how I feel then in the moment, but I feel like I just feel so much, I just feel like it's easier to shop for me now and to figure out what I want because it felt like when I was following trends and like just not really giving a fuck it was like I'd buy a bunch of clothes and then like within a few months I'd be like I don't like these I need all new clothes and it's like for the past like year maybe year and a half consistently I'd say like I am like all the clothes that I have are like clothes that I love and I love re-wearing outfits I'm such a re-wearing outfits girly and yeah, I just feel like a lot more like content shopping for things for myself because it's like when I shop for things, even jewelry, like a lot of the times I'll look at things and be like, that's something I'll have forever. So it's just really been like, first of all, through self-work, like, like I said, like feeling like I was finally like being me and feeling like me. And I feel like my style evolving has kind of came along with that, but also just like having a healthy balance between observing the trends without feeling the need to participate in them unless you want to and it's also okay to try something and then not like it anymore or it's also okay to try something and really like it and still continue doing it even when it's not quote-unquote trendy anymore because who the fuck cares so I have one more question and this is going to be the last question because I do have a few more questions that I didn't include in this episode because I want to save them since like I said, I want to start answering a question in the beginning of every podcast episode. So for now, this is going to be the last question and that is, when did I feel the most heard and understood in my life? And I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I feel like you know, the next episode that I'm going to make actually is about my diagnosis journey, my medication journey, my therapy journey, tracking back to, I mean, when I was four years old and experienced panic attack for the first time. So a lot of years of history to go over, which I'm very excited to do. So more on that soon. But I feel like the most heard and understood I ever felt in my life was when I finally you know, I realized that I had BPD in a very peculiar way. And I don't want to give too much up because like I said, the next episode is going to be all about this and explaining it in depth. But I feel like when I got diagnosed with BPD and like somebody believed me and then I started learning more about it. And every time I learned more about it, it's just like everything was clicking in my head. I feel like that was a moment that I really felt heard and understood and I didn't feel like I was crazy and that I was making it up and that I was just like looking for attention because imposter syndrome is so real, especially for people with mental illness. And I have struggled with that a lot, even now. Like, I just feel like because I am a person with BPD, but I'm lucky enough to have kind of changed my lifestyle and do things that do make me feel better. It's like sometimes I'll be like, I know I have BPD, but like, there's so like think about the way that I used to be and what other people with BPD are going through and it's like I'm just sitting here all happy and it's like that's a good thing you shouldn't feel guilty for that and then something will happen in my life or you know when I had that really rough patch with my anxiety my medication really messed up I remember like in the midst of that even though it was so horrible I remember sitting back and being like I really still do have BPD like no fucking shit Sherlock like so I think that feeling the most heard and understood in my life kind of came from both an outside source but also inside so like I said earlier and continually I felt the most heard and understood inside and like personally when I finally started to feel like myself but externally I feel like when I first got diagnosed with BPD 
started medication, started therapy. Um, that really, like, to that date, I feel like was the most I had ever felt heard and understood. So I'm going to stop now because it's already been almost an hour and I can keep going because I still have more questions. But like I said, I want to save those because I'm really excited to start answering a question in the beginning of every episode. You can follow my Instagram. I have a podcast Instagram and a personal Instagram and I'm going to post the question boxes on both of those Instagram stories. My podcast, I have an email for my podcast. You can email the podcast count. But I'm really excited because I have some questions, but I also would love some more. So I'll see you next time. Like I said, I'm going to talk about my diagnosis journey and all of the therapy that I've been in and out of and all the medications I've tried or been prescribed and not tried and just all of that. So it's going to be a long one and a deeper one, but that's what I love. So I hope you guys enjoyed the little q and I'm really excited to keep answering questions in the future and we'll talk soon.